Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. The earnings parade continues today. We're going to be talking about as many as we can, quite frankly. Uh, Beyond Meat, uh, Pfizer, Merck, Shopify, uh, just to name a few, MasterCard, a lot to get to. Uh, so we'll talk about the earnings. Uh, we've got the market at new all-time highs, so I'm sure that'll come up as well. And our guest today, Jeff Hirsch, he's editor-in-chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. He would join us at 8:35. In the meantime, Joel, what's the word here overnight? Trading on the lows of the pre-market session here, down five and three quarters handles. Snuck into the 30-40 handle, came up shy of the all-time high Monday at 42.75. That high, 40.75, that's a good target. I don't know if we're going to see that today. On the downside, we are at the lows of the session, making new lows. I'm looking for Monday's low here, Monday's Globex low. Comes in at 22.75, Friday's close was right there as well. Crude in the red by 70 cents here at 55.11. Gold back under 1,500, down 640 at 1,489.40. Silver loses $18, down 23.1 cents at 17.64 and a half. Bitcoin holding steady here at 95.30. That's the Bitcoin futures. Let's in bring in Triple D. And Triple D, you know what? I have to say that I'm very, very excited to go see Conor McGregor. He's, uh, he's a goon, <laughs> right? He's a goon, right? Conor McGregor? He's tough. Star, he's is tough. that your star player? <laughs> the Oilers star player, Conor McGregor. That's exactly correct. <laughs> yes, and he's a big goon, right? He starts fights with everybody? He, he, he's known to start a few fights, yes. <laughs> All right, I don't even know. We got... <laughs> I'm not even going to respond to this. He says, Joel's comedy show here. Uh, in any regard here, we just got General Motors numbers. They just came out. This is the Motor City here. Spencer, this is an interesting report. I don't even know what to say here. Um, the stock tanked. Now it rallied. Now it's come back down. Whipsaw action, about a dollar and a half range. Thoughts here, GM. Well, the headlines, uh, the, the earnings were, were okay. The Q3 earnings, they beat on the EPS, a buck 72 versus a buck 31. Beat on the sales, 35.5 versus $33.82 billion, but they lowered their uh, full year uh, EPS guidance. You would have to expect that was because of the strike. Uh, they lowered it from a previous range of $6.50 to $7. Now it is $4.50 to $4.50. Wow. So a pretty dramatic cut to the full-year EPS guidance. Not total uh, surprise there. You know, the strike yeah. is obviously going to impact business. So it was a good quarter, this, and the strike impacts business. This is where human intuition beats the machines every time because they slammed it on the guidance. They hit the stock down over a buck here, right on the preliminary number there, because it looked like a, a, a guidance lower. So your algos read that, oh, that's bad news. But human intuition can say, well, they're on strike for 35 days. We knew that they were going to lower guidance. So, well, or we knew that they weren't going to be able to hit those numbers. They've said how much money, you know, that they were losing per day per, for the strike. So this was kind of expected. So now you've seen human intuition rule and the stock coming back and now trading the green because you know what? These numbers were pretty, the bottom line numbers are pretty good. And then the guidance lowering was somewhat expected. So I'm not surprised the stock is actually starting to pop here. I did make a trade on them out of it now so I can freely talk about it there. But um, I bought a little bit there on the dip and it's uh, paying off here. So, and I've, so, I've already sold it so fast. But anyways, the scalper blooded me. I How long were you in that you. one for? Uh, a minute and a half. <laughs> Long buy the term. dip on the sell-offs. Don't you do that? Isn't that just the way this market works? You just buy the dip on all the stocks and then they just they come back. <laughs> buy you the know, dip. BTFD. Doesn't that just work? Where do we just get to? We got the 35 handle. Oh yeah, we did. We did. Uh, we just took. We algos got... are just like the algos, man. These guys suck. 
35 that's 50. the bottom line that could be the title of your show the algos suck 3555 is where you went to and then i know triple d you weren't even looking at the chart there but yeah no, but what? there's a lot of support there yeah you look at that afterwards i should have uh, held this this is probably going to go higher i think this is going to go higher i think this is going to go a lot higher to be honest with you i should have i sold 3717 i sold it right here i've should i should have i should have held this Anyways, I wanted to talk about it too on the show. And when you're in these trades, I kind of feel like, you know, when I just put it on and I've got, I don't like talking my book. I don't mind my investment books. I'm not trading those things. I don't like talking my actively traded book. So that's why I was like, I want to talk about General Motors. So it gives me a little, so you make a quick, you know, a little bit of, we make, we make some quick money on it. But I think this thing could be over 38 bucks here. I don't have it now so I can talk about it, but I think it's going to go over 38 bucks. At least test uh, the 38. Uh, okay. I'll give you I that. I think so. I, I think why I think the algos are so like convicted. I think the algos right now they hit that thing are like Ugh. The, so you, so it's not the algos the algos hit the thing and then the person running the algos is like Ugh, and they're trying to work out of it here now good luck good luck algos rewrite your algos Don't uh, the headline numbers we see this again and again they hit Amazon down 150 bucks comes right back they hit Microsoft down four bucks comes back they hit Google down last night like 70 points comes back they hit gm down a buck comes back i mean some stocks don't come back yeah well we'll stocks, go to the but... next one i know that you're gonna want to buy the dip on not too. grub <laughs> beyond me you're gonna buy that beyond i'm me. not buying beyond me either the dip on that one no 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 thank you but anyway all right just day. real quickly definitely not buying sorry andy i'm definitely not buying the dip on beyond me i might lower my price i have to keep lowering my price target every week because it keeps taking it out it was 180 I gave it the price target of 100. Then it became down to 110. I lowered my price target. This is for fun. So paper trading. But I, I lowered my own paper trading price target to 60. I might have to lower this down to three bucks. You know what? We're good. Dennis, you got to keep your ratings quiet here. We, gotta, <laughs> we give out too much good information on this show I, for free. I'm telling you, if you're buying Beyond Me at 84.50, I think you're wrong. I think you're going to see Beyond Me by the end of the year. I, 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 I said I'd give myself a year. I'm going to give myself two months. I think Beyond Meat's under 60 bucks by the end of the year, two months. Under 60. I think by the end of next year, it's under 30, maybe under 20. Not a fan. Sorry, valuation matters at a certain point in time. Story is not, this is not a story that has cooled off. This is a story that is broken. Anyways, give us the numbers, Spencer. They don't even matter. Can I say anything today or are you going to talk the whole day? Can I? I just talk. I just talk and talk and talk. Okay, go talk. I went. I did five stocks right there. Look how fast I am in a fast market. Thirty-eight. I like that. There's a couple highs at that area. Uh, I don't know if you see thirty-eight today, but just overall, GM. Just I'm talking is a long-term investment. Horrible. Gone absolutely nowhere for how many years? Not sure what the dividend is, but trading range for the whole year thirty. 34 to 42 but We're talking general I, motors again yep general motors but go ahead I, you're no, all no, excited GM, about so me. i think gm could uh, i think it could rally up i i'm not buying gm long term okay because i still think you know we got a lot of issues here but i think there's room to 38 bucks here today potential 38 okay give us the beyond meat numbers right. it really don't make beyond easy money was already made by the dip right <laughs> right okay uh so beyond me this just goes to show just how crazy high expectations are it doesn't matter because the report was good everything was good they said it was good third quarter eps beat sales beat they raised their guidance their sales guidance for the year the only negative thing they said that can be perceived as a negative is that uh they cited increased competition on the call they're going to have to uh, uh fight that by lowering their prices and offering more discounts on their goods uh but Everything else was, was positive as far as the numbers are concerned. They also said they're working on a meatless chicken cutlet for those of you, those uh, chicken eaters out there. But uh, everything was good, they said. It was just, doesn't matter. What is the market cap right now of this thing? What is or what was? What, well, we know what was, <laughs> but what is it still? Because people are coming in here and saying, well, this was a $200 stock. It's going to go back to 200 I think those people are very wrong. Yeah. Um, the market cap, this is still as of yesterday. So as of the close, I didn't calculate it, you know, so obviously he's losing another, it was still $6.38 billion at $105. So it's like $5 billion still this company's worth. I mean, Tyson chicken to put it in perspective. Okay. Well, Tyson chickens were 29 billion, but Tyson just a huge company been around forever. 
a company that makes money. I mean, does this reasonably have a valuation of a billion dollars going forward? Maybe, but that would be mean you're going to fall another 80% from here. So valuation doesn't matter when the story is hot. Valuation doesn't matter when it's the story. The story is not only cooled off here, it is completely broken. There is no story here anymore. It's not a storied stock anymore. It's telling you that. I mean, yeah, they said on the call that the McDonald's trial is going well. I, I, I'd like to know how it's going well because I can't even get, I'm, I live in Southwestern Ontario. I went to McDonald's to get the Beyond Meat Burger and I couldn't even get it. So I don't know how well it's going when it's not even in the stores in Southwestern Ontario. So anyways, whatever. Um, you know, maybe it's in Toronto, maybe it's in London, but it's not in Windsor. Bring it to Windsor. We try it. I would love to try your burger. Anyways, so maybe you guys got to follow up on that and make sure that all the Southwestern Ontario stores actually have the Beyond Meat Burger. Anyways, down 20 points. The story is broken here. I'm still saying I think it's under 60 by the end of the year. I think it's under $30 by the end of next year. Wow. Not a fan at all. Valuation matters here now, and it is nosebleed still. At the lows of the pre-market session, this will be one where you want to keep an eye on that pre-market low. Pre-market low comes in at 83.75. If I had to buy it with, uh, if I actually had to take a long in it today, I would wait for 78. And I, I don't know, 77 to 79, I see four lows a row in that area. So if I was- From, from after hours? No, 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 oh, no. Well, this is when it, when it took From off. May, from May, from May. I had to go back a while on the dailies. From May 21st through May 24th, you had four consecutive lows from 76.76 to 79.51. So if you spitball that whole area, I'll look at that close on the 23rd, 78.12, called 78 even. Uh, that's right. I don't know if we're going to get it there. I mean, if you have the puts, I'd even look at the options chain. I wondered where, I wonder if you'd even be making expensive, money. With the probably 90, really expensive. What was the strat? Was there an options? What was the straddle going for? Let's go uh, check it out. Okay. It's probably like 20 bucks. I do not have that. I'm going to quickly look options chain, opening it up. The close This has been on the close and we're looking at, is there weeklies on these? Probably not. eh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Is there oh, yeah. weeklies on this? I don't yes. have weeklies. They don't? I don't think so. I'm looking at the November. So the November was about, I guess 20 is $17. So, but that's going out with a little bit of time premium there too. Oh no, yeah, right. Because it's November expiration this week. So they are weeklies. I wasn't considering that we're going into November. Yeah. So November one. So the weeklies were going 17 points. I mean, how do you make money? How do you make money buying options? Page six. Don't buy options. <laughs> Sell options. Follow Nick Shaheen. You make more money selling options than buying options. People lose a lot of money buying options. Yes, you win the odd time. Most of the time you lose. Here Actually, it is. I Things going down 20 bucks, 20 points, and the straddle was 17. I mean, these things just so often, you know, go where the straddle pricing is. So hard to make money buying options. Yes, if you bought the puts, yes, you're up 10 points. But your risk reward, was it really there? You got the direction right. You double your money. You know, you got an extreme move here. Uh, I just can't see paying that kind of premium to try to participate in earnings. I'd rather just short the stock. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's you can on. short the stock now. You can get the borrow. And with the stock up, it's going to get easier to borrow, which means just like we had Ian Weiner on the show here um, a um, couple months two ago. months ago when a stock was 170, he says, eventually when you see short interest this high, those guys usually end up being right. What he means by that is that their call is right. They may not necessarily make money because they might get bought in. You know, they might be paying through the nosebleed levels to short the stock. But he means that them being saying that this stock is eventually going down is correct. They're right. This, the people who are in this, I'm sorry. We've been, you haven't been listening to pre-market prep for the last two months if you're still in this thing because we have been right on the stock all the way. And now it's $85. Like I said, I think it continues to go lower. I would not be buying the dip, not even with your money on this one, Joel. All right, million shares have traded. 85.20 is your last print. As I mentioned, pre-market low, 83.75. I just don't think it's going to sneak under 80 today. No bet, no bet, though. We'll see what happens here. Aviator says still 70% the cost to borrow this. That's why. Ooh. It's going lower, in my opinion. That's just my opinion, but I don't think you buy the difference. Um, basic question here, but yeah. uh, we might as answer it from RRSP. What does bought in mean, Dennis? 
What happens is, if your broker, and I really truly believe we saw some buy-ins happening back in July when the stock started going parabolic. If you're, if you're short the stock and your broker all of a sudden cannot find the stock to borrow for whatever reason, maybe the person they were borrowing had sold the stock. Now they can't find a borrow. They will go into your account and physically buy back the stock. You have no choice. They can't find a borrow. If you don't come up with a locate on your own, and a lot of retail you know, traders don't even have that option to go to a locate broker. But if you do not have a locate, they will go in and buy back the stock. You will get a warning. I know in interactive brokers, they give you the 10 minute warning, 350. It says, we cannot locate the stock. You need to cover this by the close or we will cover it for you. And so they send you the warning. And if you don't cover it on your own, then you obviously they go in and they buy it themselves because they have to stay within regulation compliance. There's two day settlement here and they can't have an, you know, it can't have you naked shorting. So if they can't find the borrow. They legally have to go in and buy the stock back. That's what a buy-in is. People don't believe they can do that. They legally have to do that. So if they cannot find a borrow, they have to go into your account and buy it back. And I yeah, think you, we saw this back. I think the borrow was so tough. To back in July, I think you saw some buy-ins happening too. When buy-ins are happening, you know, and you can just, you know, this is market mechanics that is driving this price higher, not valuation, not fundamentals, just complete, you know, market mechanics because the borrow was so difficult. Because in order to short stocks, two people who are new to the show, in order to short a stock, you have to borrow the stock from somebody else because you can't sell something you don't own. So what happens behind the scenes, the broker borrows the stock and then allows you to sell it short. If that person that you, they borrowed the stock from wants to sell their stock and goes in the market and sells their stock, all of a sudden, the stock you borrowed isn't available to borrow anymore. So that's you know, kind of you know, the, the easy version of what's happening behind the scenes. All right, thank you for that explanation. And yes, uh, locking a lot of times when you get the buy-ins, it's because it's going against you. That's oh, usually you, the top. Yeah, it's you, I remember that day. And you know what? I don't understand. Why would any firm buy someone in during the pre-market? I mean, that's just stupid. It's just you know, illiquidity and stuff. I mean, well, they have to though, Joel. Yeah, sometimes, you're not, right. sometimes not in the pre-market. Sometimes usually they do it on the close. Every broker is going to handle this differently. They're going to handle this differently, but they're going to do everything in their power to stay within SEC regulations. Of course. Of course. So, you know, you have to do it. I actually have a story for this. And, you know, this is, shows you how the media is fake news a lot of times. But there was a preferred stock that I happened to be short. This is years ago, like probably a decade ago. And I get the message of a buy-in is going to happen. And I'm like, I bet you other people are short this thing too, because it was like an art play and was way out to lunch. I watched the preferred stock rally 20% in the last 20 minutes and i'm like everybody's getting bought in on this and thank goodness i was one of the earlier ones to cover i you know it made no sense dennis i lost you there yeah i think he hit the mute button there no you probably i won't know for I, 10 minutes I, I don't know he's still going but i think is um some maybe the internet connection just went out i don't really know what just, what just went went on there uh well i well i try to get dennis back Let's go to more. He's, he's probably still stalking. He might be. Uh, Dennis, if you are, we can't hear you. But uh, well, I. He says his computer just restarted. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank <All right>. you. <laughs> oh, that is a sign from the gods if there is one. All right. Let's go. To... <laughs> That's too funny. That's too funny. All right. Uh, while Dennis restarts his computer, let's go to more earnings. MasterCard is one I've been trying to get. Sure. To like 10 minutes here. Uh, MasterCard reported just after 8 o'clock this morning, Q3 EPS beat $2.15 for a $2.01 estimate. Sales 4.5 versus $4.42 billion, and the stock popped on that. Oh, man, I'm going to talk forever. Let's see here. Pre-market high. You just got to pop up here to 284 even. You backed off $5 off that. That is not a good sign, folks. That is not a good sign at all. So now you got to pick another e intermediate level ahead of that pre-market high at 284. And hmm, let's see here, 280.44. That's a buck 50 away. That would be my first target. Couple of highs above 280. I don't know. I don't even know if this thing can get back above 280 again. So I see highs from 280 to 281.50. That's what I'd be looking at here. If you really want to hold out for the pre-market high, uh, you got to wait for 284. That just seemed like just a quick pop. Um, I don't know. This 80 to 8150 just seems like a sell zone to me. 
let's do Grubhub. Uh, if you want to read a, ref a refreshingly honest, um, God. Holy uh, macro. A refreshingly honest earnings report, a refreshingly honest uh, statement from the CEO. Jeez. Read Grubhub's uh, statement yesterday uh, with their report. It was, pre it, was, it was not, I mean, it was not good in the sense that there was a lot of bad news there, but it was good in the sense that they were really honest about uh, the space right now and the, and the challenges they're facing. So in terms of the numbers here, the Q3 EPS was in line, the sales missed, and their uh, Q4 sales guidance was light, very light. So not not much good here in the way of numbers, but they were they were refreshingly honest in their in the way. That I you, can't believe I don't have this thing on my screen. I mean, the, look the at this thing! It. Holy Toledo, is this right? Where are we trading at? We're trading under forty dollars. We are. Well, you know what? I could tell you. I don't know what I was watching some football over the weekend, and I saw a commercial for Grubhub, and someone was getting like Taco Bell delivered. Yeah. Are you got to be kidding me? I mean, I hate Taco Bell, okay? okay? And then getting it delivered by Grubhub? I mean, how lazy. I mean, how much do they charge you for that? Some people like it, Joel. What You want to get Taco Bell delivered to you, but you probably pay a, another, what, couple, five? I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you pay a fee, whatever. It's $5. Or to get Taco Bell delivered to you? I mean, that stuff is only palpable when it's warm. And by the time it gets to your place, it's probably cold and the paper's stick into the tacos and i don't know i i'll just give you the pre-market low in this one 3701 you can use that as a target trying to get back over 40 dollars, but i just don't understand I, why if you ever got if you ever find if i ever find out that you get taco bell delivered spencer i mean that's ridiculous. i've gotten okay, wait i've gotten chipotle delivered is that really is that well that's a little all right. I don't know. I guess that's a little bit better. That's a little better. No, it, it's just, you know, if you look at the space, there's, there's Grubhub, there's Uber Eats, there's DoorDash. There's a lot of competition. Uh, so they were very honest in, in that they're facing yeah. challenges well, right they're now. They're getting crushed. Um, yeah, they're getting cracked for it. Um, but it, it was a good statement. I, I recommend uh, reading it if you want some, uh, some honest <laughs> actual executive transparency. So that was Grubhub. 30, a couple monthly lows at 32 and a half if anyone's interested, but I don't, I think you have a hard time getting through 37 today. All right, let's do Shopify here. Okay. Shopify was this morning here. I don't know that their EPS compares to the estimate. Uh, I haven't seen a, a gap number on an adjusted basis. They lost 29 cents. The estimate was 11 cents. So it's probably somewhere around there. The sales uh, beat 390 million versus 384 million. The Q4 sales guidance on Shopify uh, was higher. The full year sales guidance was in line, more or less. They smacked it. They smacked it good. The Canadian, the only Canadian tech company. They took it down to two ninety three forty two. You're back up firmly into three hundred handle. The fact that we bounced, I'll keep an eye on the low from a couple days ago, three oh one oh three. If you're looking to bring this in on a decline, and then after that, you got the pre market lows. These are new lows. For, what was this low back in September? Oh, uh, no, the low back in September was 286. The fact, though, that you've slipped under 300 and then you got the big bounce makes me think it's going to be a little bit harder uh, to, you know, to buy this thing at the uh, three-day low at 301. I'm partially back. My Zoom is not able to detect my camera now. Not sure exactly what happened there. My, wait, my computer. So wait, what happened there? Your computer my just computer shut just shut down. Like, it just restarted, started a reboot, right? like just instantaneously. So this is a side computer I use for the show. So it's not my trading computer. It's an older, it's like four years old, this computer. So oh. maybe I need to get a new, new show computer here. But it's pretty much the only thing I run on this computer is just the show. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly what happened. Right now it's saying it does not detect my camera. So I'm gonna have to figure that out too. So my apologies for, right, I was talking too much anyways, the aviator one says, so maybe it was a good thing. Get some other voices on the show. <laughs> you were on a, you, yeah, you're on a roll. All right. well, I'm wound up. I get wound well, up. What about, I, real quickie, real quick here. Uh, we got a question here about Target. And Dennis, what do you think about this chart here? I think this stock, wait, I don't know when they report earnings. I know it's a little bit later, but is this thing starting to look a little tired to you? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's run. You're buying it now. 
I mean, this stock at the beginning of 2019 was $60. It's almost doubled this year. It's been an incredible move. Yeah. It needs a break. I mean, incredible company, incredible stock. I mean, Kramer's created the new acronym. What is it with Target and Walmart and Home Depot? What's his acronym that he's got going? Do we remember that one? You're, you're, you're the watch. 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 That's Walmart. Amazon. Amazon, the A. Target, yeah, Costco. and Costco. I, I mean, he's right. All those companies have been the darlings of retail. Who those, said this? Those have been the darlings of Kramer created Watch. I think it's Walmart, Amazon, Target. Costco and Home Depot. What about right. Those have all been the darlings. That is basically all the companies that have murdered every other retail company. <laughs> so, I mean, those are the companies. So, you know, you're going to get all bearish and say Target's going back down to 60 bucks again now, but could it cool off for a bit? I think it could cool off. Story's not over here yet, though. Not a broken story, just cooling off a bit. Run too far. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking to buy it before earnings here, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't like the gap. It's just holding on here. I think I would do it. Hopefully, you were you were long the stock and you were thinking to do, you know, replacing it. I do a, if I was long it and I still thought it had a little upside, I'd do a little stock replacement strategy. Maybe uh, sell a little of the stock, and I know, you know, maybe buy some longer term options in case they miss or whatever. But I don't know, man. This is, it's been hanging out here. I guess you really don't need to worry about it until you get into that gap area in 98.13. Then you got a gap down to 87.12. But uh, just an incredible run here in Target. Uh, all-time high, 114.83. And the all-time closing high is 113.68. A couple, couple settlements right around 113. So that looks like a good area of resistance on a pop. The story I was telling when I got cut off and just to continue sure. on, on buy-ins um, was sure. I was short a preferred stock and I got the notice that they can't find a location. I was like, oh, because oh, it was like an herb play where one was trading way too high relative to the other. But there's nothing you can do. They're buying me in. So I was like, okay, I got to buy this in fast. And because I'm sure I'm not the only person that was shorted, it was a, like a, a fairly widely traded, not that any preferred stocks are fairly widely traded, but I was pretty confident some other people probably had it on similar trade just because um the arb was so far out and and same thing with the via via b i'm 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 almost i'm very confident via was all buy-ins too when it really blew out that one time but anyways on the preferred stock um i watched it in the last 15 minutes it rallied like 15 percent and there's like media trying to justify this move with a fundamental basis and it's like no it was all buy-in the entire thing was everybody who was short because it was thin so you know there's you know literally you know maybe 20,000 shares worth buying it in and it's going to move it because there's just no liquidity in the thing whatsoever. So they had to go all the way up and then went at a rally like 10 to 15%. These things happen. VIA, check out the chart on VIA. Same story. Check out the chart on VIA. We've got to go back to remember when this is happening, Joel? Go to the monthlies. Well, remember when VIA just blew out? Like VIA versus VIAB. VIA was like 15, like the spread was usually three or four points and it blew out, meaning VIA rallied like 10 points and viab did nothing it's the same company one has voting rights and one doesn't and they're trying to justify well maybe these voting rights are worth more no the via borrow became hard on the street for whatever reason they couldn't find the locates and everybody who had the spread on thinking oh i'm going to short this via at six points above the viab because it'll come back in got murdered because they all got bought in at the, when this thing went 10 12 15 points out now if you look at it via trades because there's a, there's a deal on the table obviously two points above where VIAB trades. So it's come way back in. But at one time, I think it was just like two years ago, it blew way out. So these buy-ins just artificially uh, make the, something if they're big enough, can artificially just create a huge bubble in the stock. And that's what they did on VIA as well. So, but you couldn't short it because nobody can short it on the street. That's why it's, it's getting bought in. There's no borrow anymore. So market mechanics can really do some funny things. But if you have some poor retail guy that is, you know, not knowing that and buying the VIA saying, oh, this is breaking out on the chart or something like that. I mean, they got murdered. So it's important to know the market mechanics and the dynamics to it all, too. Stocks that, you know, are hard to borrow can stay inflated for a long period of time. Did you short that stock after that? You couldn't because the borrow wasn't there. Oh, did you buy it when you knew other people were getting by? No. Oh, oh, the preferred stock? Yeah. Back to the preferred stock? No, because you couldn't short it. I bought it. Maybe you should have. 
you know, I might have been a play and saying, you know, that would be a bit of a gamble because it was it was already way too high. And then it really went high. I think the stock went from like, I can't, it's like 10 years ago, but it was like one of those $100 ones. And I think it went to like 127 or something, you know, and par is 100. And the other preferreds, it was like four or five listed that the same, and they were all trading at 100. So you have one that's identical in every way, pretty much, except that maybe the yield's a little bit different, but from a percentage basis, maybe it's worth 101 from our perspective. And it's like a 120. And that's just, you know, the mechanics behind the buy-ins. You got to be really careful. I mean, before 2007, they weren't as stringent. They weren't as strict with these rules. But after the financial crisis, they really started breaking down, you know, no naked chart, none of that stuff. So the buy-ins became really important. And, you know, if you got a stock that's really thin, you are, could be subject to buy-in. That's a horrible message to get when you're short a stock and you look at the offer and there's hardly any offers and you say they're going to buy you in in the next 10 minutes. It's a horrible message to get. So just be careful when you're shorting really thin stocks. Those borrows can, those, they can become tough at any time. Uh, Juan wants to know what your opinion on shop is after earnings. I think the bot, I, if, if I wouldn't have been, you know, beat up here, I looked at it earlier, but my, my uh, uh, computer died here when you guys were talking about a few minutes ago. I think the dip gets bought. So I think this is a darling still. I think this is a story that has cooled off and not broken. And I think it was a gift. So what did we get down to? Like 290 this morning? Uh, yeah, even a little bit lower. Where'd you uh, get? Uh, no, 293. Uh, yeah, tip's already been bought. Uh, yeah. I think the stock's going to, you know, now if you're coming in now, I mean, it's 311, you know, it's to 20 points up from the lows. Maybe you want it to pull back, maybe get in the 300 area, but I think the dip gets bought. This. Yes, valuation is nosebleed, but I've, going to continue to argue that you know the reason here that i think the stock continues to remain in favor is there's not a lot of places for canadian tech investors to go this is the canadian tech darling and i don't think the story is broken here i think the story is just cooled off big difference uh roku just getting a quick question on that uh we're coming back mate night nice comeback it's been a jet you know uh, uh, a little bit of a more of a bumpy yeah. ride than it was the first time yeah. uh but if you're holding it's up 42 cents here you want to see it take out yesterday's high 148.17 you filled that tiny gap that you had from september but if you want another target in this one uh i'm looking at uh, well uh, 152.79 and 150. There were three highs in the 152 handle in September, so maybe try and hold out for that. If the longer it takes to get out, get bust above 153. Uh, you may may roll over a little bit here. It seems like it's been up a couple days and then down, and then it's quiet, then up a couple days. Maybe it'll take a little breather today. Uh, but keep an eye on 152. The 152 handle as a potential. It's seller. come back a long ways yeah. here. And if you're buying it now, you're way late to the party. We set up a trade on this early in October saying, if you wanted to try it, um, you know, to stop out on that low of 9808, that was when the stock was 101. It's 147. Now, if you're coming in now, you were, this is the definition of chasing. Um, I think the, I, I think you're way late to the party and I think you get burned if you're buying it here. How about, uh, this is a good stock to bring up right now, uh, PFD. Good morning, Joel. Your thoughts on buy the dip in McDonald's? Well, Dennis was buying the dip at 205, so what do you Joel, think? Joel, here? Joel's going to get me on this bet. I, I, thought, I thought this was a stock that had come back sooner than this. I still fit like this stock long term, um, but Joel, Joel's going to get me on this bet. It's a lunch bet. I had like 214, you had 190. Yeah, it's two bucks away. You're going to get me on this bet. I thought it would bounce, and it did a little bit that morning, but it, it just went straight back down through 200. As soon as I went back down through 200, I was like, I'm in trouble on this bet. <laughs> and it, I'm in trouble on this bet. Joel's going to be right on this one. It's had a big run, and it just You're good at the lunch bets. I'm good at the dinner bets, though. Yeah, we're going to have to talk. We're going to have to find a cheap steak place. Does Beyond Meat, <laughs> do they make uh, steaks? Beyond steak, mm -hmm. that's what I'll do for you. Um, I don't know. Mickey D's has just awesome. had a tremendous run. Steak. It's been, it's had a look at it where it was in uh 2017, right? At the 120, analysts ganged up on it, and that yeah. was after it had been dormant, dormant, dormant for years and years. Remember how Mickey D's was the underperformer? Yeah, and then the analysts got on the bandwagon and juiced this thing. New yeah. CEO, they took it up. I don't know. I just don't know where to buy the dip in this one. I one eighty maybe. It's just got a lot of momentum. I mean, one seventy eight twenty. I the, I'll just go. 
Yeah. Try to call know. the bottom. You know, that's what I did wrong on that trade was, you know, I was getting beat up on earnings. I tried to be a hero and call the bottom and Joel got me for it. I mean, you know, and this paper trade, obviously, you know, it's a lunch bet, but I mean, this is, you know, the way this market works, you get punished for trying to call bottoms. Um, so you got to wait till it stops going down in the Roku case. We waited until it stopped going down. It had three, four lows in the same area. It's like, okay, now I can strike. I mean, let's wait till McDonald's stops going down. You know, we have press. Remember Clorox? Clorox getting beat up, beat up, beat up. And also, what was the other one? Uh, it wasn't Clorox. It was uh, Triple M. Yeah, 3M. Same story. Getting beat up, beat up, beat up. Well, then it made three lows in the same area. And you know what? And then it started coming back. So wait till you got three, four lows in the same area. Then, you know, it starts to show some life. Maybe get an analyst, uh, you know, rating upgrade or something. That helps. So we got to wait till stops going down. Or an insider buy. All right. Insider buys help too, for sure. Let's... A big insider director buy helps. It needs a catalyst, a catalyst to change its, you know, it should change. All right, let's bring in today's guest, uh, Jeff Hirsch. He's the editor-in-chief of the Stock Traders Almanac. Jeff, good morning. Morning, guys. How's this market shaping now for you, Jeff? Well, it's shaping. It's following my uh, my playbook. Have you watched these seasonal patterns all year long? It's uh, It's been tracking it to a T. And, you know, when we see these things, uh, it suggests that it's going to continue that way, which means new highs by year end. More new highs. More new highs by year end. What what would have to happen for that to not happen? Oh, the uh, Talmudic wisdom question. Always ask the question. If not, few have have, <laughs> have plans for when their assumptions are wrong. Um, probably something uh, in the trade front, a uh, faux pas from the Fed chairman, maybe um, a quick impeachment and conviction, not acquittal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so you're seeing uh, new more nuclear war, perhaps? Yeah, more more new highs by year end. But are are you buying everything? Mm. Well, on the market side, you know, we we had our MACD buy signal, our seasonal best six months buy signal, October 11th for Dow, S and P, Nasdaq. We also go to the Russell. So we switched out of our um, bonds and defensive sectors into the diamond spiders cubed as I call them and the IWMs as well as a host of the bullish sectors and then um, we put out a basket of uh, fundamentally screened stocks below Wall Street's radar undervalued technically sound and um, that's out there for our newsletter subscribers. Stock Traders Almanac for those who don't know essentially yeah. uh, the uh, go-to source for seasonality seasonality patterns and trends. Jeff, explain what you've observed with regards to uh, election years and pre-election years. Um, sure. I just want to tell you, you know, I'm wearing my uh, probabilities fund hat today. Uh, and it's also, a, just to finish a little seasonal thing, this Halloween trade, the last few days of, of October, last few days of, uh, last first few days of November is a, one of the strongest bullish trades of the year for the the, the strategy that we use in probabilities fund also out of the almanac, which is, you know, where it came from and we're, uh, we're leveraged uh, into this stuff. So, um, so election year and pre-election year, I mean, the pattern I, I started referencing was the seasonal pattern of the pre-election year that we've been tracking in, in the news that are all year long. Uh, and that calls for, I mean, it's the best year of the four year cycle average gains for NASDAQ, 28.8% Dow 15 0.1 S&P a little bit more, and um, it, it shows uh, pretty much the, the August, you know, floor that we found, a little retest here in October, and then kind of flat through November, and then a, a spike at year end. Most of these new highs and pre-election years, or a great number of them, occur at the end of the year. And for, for the election year, give you a little sneak preview on the Stock Traders Almanac for 2020, which should be out this week or beginning of next. Um, you know, when I, when I was doing the research and, and planning out the book and, and writing, you know, the, the, my outlook, I looked at um, sitting presidents, markets in, with years of sitting presidents running for re-election versus open field. And I was a little bit, I kind of knew it was better, but it, it turned me a little bit more bullish for 2020, despite all the noise and all the mudslinging that's already going on. The Dow since 49, which is the first full four-year cycle after World War II, up 10.1% in years when uh, you have a sitting president running for re-election versus 5.3 in all years and minus 1.6 in years when you have an open field um, 
where nobody's running for re-election. So that's the little, you know, where we are in the election cycle right here, coming into the end of 2019, beginning of election year 2020. Why do you suppose that is? The power of incumbency, how the government manipulates the economy to stay in power, the priming of the pump. Um, you, you think he's just making this, trying to make a deal with China right now because it's the right time uh, in the negotiations only or because it's an election year coming up and he needs to get some positive uh, um, you know, policies done uh, to make the people uh, that are going to vote for him happy. All right. So at the same time, we're coming out of October here, the worst uh, month of the year, I believe, for stocks. Uh, October. Not anymore. No. Not anymore? What is it now? No. September? September and August are the worst months. October is a turnaround month. Okay. It's so that, It's got that history of October phobia with all those massacres and crashes. And, and there, we go. there we go. Okay. See, I fell for it. All right. October, no longer the worst month of the year, but still the month with the most uh, crashes. Regardless, we're coming out of that now. Mm -hmm. uh, how does seasonality shape up for the rest of the year? It's pretty good. Um, I mean, real good. This is the, the best six months. Uh, and, and as I was saying before, it's not just that the historical seasonality shapes up well. Um, it's that it's been tracking that seasonal pattern all year long. And, you know, just like you see with any sort of trade setup, whether, whether it's a, you know, commodity seasonal trade or a, a technical pattern that you're looking at or something like that, when the current or the present is tracking the history closely, it suggests that that historical pattern or setup is uh, a little bit more likely to, to proceed and continue. So um, again, new highs uh, by year end above this, probably have a bit of a pause in, in November. Um, look for Santa Claus to come back to town again, like he did last year, even after the Christmas Eve crumble. And that's, uh, that's where we're at. You know, I would expect a little break in January like we've been getting, but um, Question uh, from our yeah. chat here, Jeff. Any indication that we'll have a repeat of last December or really last Q4 in general? I'm not getting it. That was a, an anomaly or a, a more powerful force than seasonals, which do exist. We had, um, you know, uh, Mr. Powell being quite hawkish and a bunch of things going on with uh, the president going after him. And um, that was, uh, I think it was also when when uh, was it Mnuchin announced that he was talking to the plunge protection team? I thought you were supposed to secretly discuss these things with the plunge protection team not and, and not tell everyone you were calling the banks. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think he learned something there. He, he, he's a, he's a pretty sharp guy, but you know, new turf. Um, so I, I don't see any indication of a repeat. It just, the, the fed, uh, is much stronger. The, the only the only wrinkle is is this impeachment thing, which has really the the markets become numb to it to, to some extent. Um, I, I don't see the market reacting to these inquiries and hearings as much as it had a while ago. Uh, I think it's pretty much trade and, and interest rates right now. We're on the line with Jeff Hirsch of the author of the Stock Traders Almanac. Couple questions here from the chat. Uh, the first question is, what time frame on your MACD indicator? Is it a weekly? It's a daily. It's an 817.9 on the buy side. Uh, and on the sell side, we use the 1226.9. So it's daily, um, daily closes. Okay. And what about, could you just go over your Halloween trade again? Last, uh, it's actually on the blog. Um, if you go to stocktradersalmanac.com. You can click on the word blog. It's uh, hosted at Tumblr. And it's the last four days of, of October and the first three of November. Very strong, uh, you know, history of, of uh, bullish bias there with the consistency of gains and, uh, and some magnitudes. A combination of uh, a plurality of gains and, uh, you know, decent size uh, average and median gains. So you're looking at when you know, for your almanac and your timing, you're you're pretty much just sticking with the indexes, right? You're not um, you're not trying to pick individual stocks. You're just looking at the index trends. No, in the newsletter we have individual stocks as well as sectors, sector ETFs. Um, those stocks we just put out that basket. You know, we go through. You know, people want to do one discipline or the other. A lot of people, technical traders or fundamental traders, people think we're just pure seasonal, but we look at fundamentals and technicals in our stock analysis is more than anything. 
Um, and I look at technicals on, on, on the markets and, and the sectors, but in conjunction with seasonal. So we put out a stock buy basket, you know, around uh, our, our back D buy signal. So we're not buying the stock of the month just because it's a new month. We're looking for those times of the year, especially when the market cooperates like it did this year with a bit of a pullback in the summer and fall, early fall. And um, that's when we'll run our fundamental screen for growth and growth acceleration and good valuations. And we also look for ones that are underfollowed by Wall Street. That's a whole, that's a whole uh, spiel if, if, if you want me to go into that. But it's, it's a pretty robust um, stock picking screen of, of more than one discipline, fundamentals, tacticals, seasonals, and, um, you know, just uh, what's going on in the world as well. All right, and Jeff, as we sort of, uh, as we wrap up here, can you give us like one potential long or short on your radar right now? I mean... The stocks that we put out there for our subscribers, I mean, we're long, uh, uh, as I said, the, the, all of the, the Dow, S&P, NASDAQ, Brussels. I think probably if I were to tell people something, the small cap trade is where I think people are, are, should be getting ready for a move there. This is the time of the year when small caps tend to outperform large caps. They really kick off in the um, you know, uh, last half of December is when they kick off beginning of the Santa Claus rally. So I've been looking for the smaller fry right now. Oh, and, and one more thing on that. Can you clarify the Santa Claus rally for us? When does that start? Yes. <laughs> Good question. A lot of people get that wrong. It's the last five trading days of the year and the first two of the new year. And the, the thing is that if Santa Claus should fail to call, bears may come to Broaden Wall. So it's, it's an indicator as well as a tradable. You know. <laughs> I've never heard that rhyme before, but I like He's got it. got a new one. He's no, that's an old one. That's from the big guy. That's from Yale. That's, that's, that's from Yale. That's from your dad. Yeah, we didn't forgot to mention that. Almost as old as me. Um, one more question here. Yeah. When does end of the year tax selling start? Um, you start seeing that at the beginning of December, and that's one of the reasons where you have some weakness in the first half of December, and the back end's a little bit loaded more bullishly. So, um, you know, a little bit of it starts right now. That's what sort yeah, of has okay. the market bouncing around, but the, the bulk of it tends to be the first half of December. Hmm. Okay. That's a good point. All right, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks right. guys. Have a great Jeff, day. Jeff first from the stock traders almanac. Have a great one, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Uh, eight forty-seven here. Um, Let's cover it. Well, I just want to say the spoo's got a nice bounce off that twenty-nine fifty low. We're at uh, thirty-four and a half. Keeping an eye on that all-time closing high at thirty-six and a quarter. Very important, and uh, that's mid-range on the session too. So the bulls have the area we need to get through this morning. Uh, we are forty-eight minutes into the show, and we haven't covered Google. Yeah, that's kind wow. of wow. Can't believe that. Because it's a seventeen hundred dollars or whatever, thirteen hundred dollars stock. Buy the dip. What else is there to know? You just <laughs> buy the dip. I, I sort of got into Google was at the top of my list, and once we got down to like the middle of my list, I sort of like forgot about it, Google. So I apologize for that. Buy uh, the dip. Uh, Alphabet reporting uh, yesterday their EPS. Uh, I don't know if it compares ten dollars to twelve cents. It does not compare. If it does, that's a huge myth to the twelve dollar estimate. Uh, sales beat forty point four nine versus forty point three two billion dollars. Uh, and what do they say? Did they give? Did they give guidance? I don't see anything. It must have been buried in the in the report. Um, but. Yeah, you, you heard it from Dennis, buy the dip. That's what's happened overnight. I'm not saying to buy the dip now, but this is what's happened overnight. And again, the big, big dogs, dogs we've seen in every single case, Microsoft got hit, dip got bought. Amazon got hit, dip got bought. Google got hit last night significantly down to 12.30, down 60 bucks on a stock that everybody wants down, every money manager wants down. They immediately bought it. These dips last less than 10 minutes sometimes now. They used to last to give you a few days. Now they give you minutes out in these earnings reports. That's what's happened here in Google. They've already bought the dip. I mean, the easy money has been made. It was buying the dip and from that algo last night that sold it on the numbers. 1233. Uh, that's where they took it to after hours. Nice bounce. You're trading at really at the highs of the bounce. I see the at uh, what time was this at? Uh, Early this morning, you traded up to 1281.15, and now you're back up at the 1280 area. So I'll call that my, just 
whole 1280. I'll be looking for us to test the close yesterday. Yesterday's close at 1290. That'd be your next level on the upside. If they really wanted to, you know, put an impressive move, they take it through 1300 today. Uh, yesterday's high is 1299.31. But uh, just quiet consolidation here at the 1280 level. I'm sure a lot of people that bought the dip on there would like to see that close of 12. 90 and then someone in the YouTube chat was asking me about Facebook. What's going on with Facebook? What's well, I've the been news? trying to figure this one out too here. So if you know, it's just trading up all last night. Obviously, somebody said something somewhere because uh, this is up a buck something. Yeah. Credit Suisse. Headline? Credit Suisse is raising their price target to 260. That could do it. Is that 60? it? 260. 260. Is that it? Is that really moving at two bucks? Could be. Could be. I don't have anything else. If somebody else has something else, let me know. I mean, Facebook has lots of headlines all the time, so it's easier for us to miss one. There was a price target raise. So I saw that, and I was like, I didn't think that would be worth two bucks. But anyways, it's rallying here. I uh, still have it in my long-term investment portfolio. Still hold on to it. Okay. Ah, I don't know. Let's I don't know see. What the 93. I know they have earnings coming up. Oh, where's their wall? Oh, this looks interesting. Let's see. Prove to me you're going to stay uh, in this 191 handle. Uh, you had a high at 191.49. Uh, that was your high back on the 18th. And just a couple other pesky highs in that area. So holding 191, I don't know, just a lot of highs going all the way back to August. This 191, 192.62 was another high that it opens up to closer to 300. But Let's see if we'll see what kind of battle takes on here between 191 and 192. That's a that's a bold call ahead of earnings tomorrow after the close. It is. We will see what happens tomorrow uh, with Facebook. Before we weren't we're not a NXPI we didn't cover. Okay, we can do man too much too much to cover NXPI and I do want to hit American Pfizer as well for so, sure. Uh, Let's do the chips first on XPI and then we'll go right. to American Pfizer. NXPI reporting yesterday after uh, the close. Q3 EPS, definitely not comparable, so I won't even read that. Sales, 2.26 versus a $2.24 billion estimate. That's a B. The Q4 sales guidance was higher as well. Holding up here after hours, I'm not chasing the move. Um, just because these chips, this seems like, you know, again, this is another one. If we look back to the beginning of the year, it was $70, 9114 There's room to 120 there's room to 120. If I was long, I might hold on, hoping for the 120, but I'm not coming in here trying to grab the last six points. I think you got a big wall up there at 120. And that was, wasn't the stock like rumored to get taken yeah, over? Yeah, well, no, it wasn't rumored. There was a buyout on the table. That was okay. from Broadcom? Is Broadcom on buying this? Yeah, that was the Broadcom. That was from. And, they, and it got shot down. So yeah. this was a deal. That was like, what would it be, 125 or 128? They even almost had, it, it almost went through. But it got shot down. I believe China shot it down. Was that? I, I'm going from my memory here. I, I believe we got through U.S. and trust. Trying to remember, and I, I don't remember. I know our goldfish memory here. I believe this was uh, China that shot this, that killed this murder. So. Yeah, you did. You kind of sniffed uh, 120, but not really. 116.94. It's three bucks away. So if you, you know, if you're looking to get out, I'm not sure what the bid offer is on this one, but maybe get lifted at 117. That's just right at the area of the pre-market high. I see another seller stepping in here. It looks like under 116 right now. Uh, 115 and a half may be a, your first target here because that was a high on several brackets here since eight o'clock. So I kind of agree with Dennis here. It looks like the sellers are coming down patiently here in NXPI. Jump over uh, just to the drug stocks here. Uh, we'll do Pfizer and Merck together. Give us the numbers here, Mr. Israel. All right, I'll pull up the chart of Merck. Uh, Merck numbers beat on the EPS, beat on the sales. Full-year uh, sales or full-year EPS guidance was higher. Full-year sales guidance higher, so beats across the board. Pfizer, a beat and a beat for the third quarter and also raising their full-year EPS guidance. So good numbers across the board for Pfizer and for Merck. I have both these stocks in my long-term portfolio, holding on to them. Uh, it, it's coming back in, I mean... These, these stocks really have gone nowhere, really, when you look at these ranges. The last three, four months, I mean, 80 to 87, 
on Merck. You're kind of in the middle of it. Pfizer has come back quite a bit. Pfizer disappointed, obviously, the last quarter, and they hit it for a while. Now you're coming back in. I think you get near 40. I think you'll find sellers again. We're a buck and a half away from there. But it got hit pretty good. So I think you got some overhead supply issues once you get up to 40. And uh, I don't even know if you're going to see that. Well, I don't stuck. know if you're going to see that. Yeah, 38.88. Thirty-eight eighty-eight. Uh, that was the initial spike here. What do we got on the dailies? Not much at that area in the dailies. We haven't been up near thirty-eight in a long time here. Let me go back. Thirty-eight fifty. I see pair of highs just above thirty-eight fifty. So let's see what happens. Is there a size at thirty-nine? I, I would bet there's size at forty. Yeah. I don't have my book open. JV Spec can probably confirm. I it got to be some size. maybe even a thirty-nine. Big move. JV Big move Spec. What's the book look like on Pfizer? Don't have it open. Got to open my buck. And Merck, it's getting a pop here after getting beat up the last couple days. Uh, Pre-market high comes in at uh, 84.65. I bet there's size at 85. I'm oh, there's got to be size at 85. 84, yeah, yeah. Uh, 85 is a major resistance here. Uh, three out of five highs back in the middle of October, right at 85. So that's a buck 10 away. And be careful if you're buying these things off the open. I know they're up. I know you're going with the trend here. But if you're buying them off the open, you want that immediate file through. Yes. You want that 10, 15, 20. I mean, if you have the gumption to do that, go right ahead. But you want to, if you're buying these off the open, you want to see them green right away. I mean, this is so important when you're trading earnings and the opening print is important. And if you see them go, you know, let's say just hypothetically, we're just studying hypothetical situation. Let's say Merck opens at 84. If it goes 84, 10, 84, 20, and then starts to go back down through the open, you don't want that. You don't want to see it come back down through that opening price because then everybody who is calling it, you have all your day traders saying, oh, I think there's going to be follow through or now starting to bail because they're not getting follow through. And you can actually start to see it go down quickly through. The open is very important always on earnings stocks. So always note what that opening price is on earnings. And if they you know, trade in one direction and then trade back down through the open, that's often a signal that maybe I should be lightening up or getting out. So you want to see the gap and go where you want to see them open and run. You don't want to see them open pause and then start to go back down through the open because then you could end up getting a reversal or you could get in a situation where a stock could get back a lot of the gains. So you got to be careful. That opening price is very important when you're trading earning stocks. Learn that from you, Joel, back in 1999. Back in the old days. Yeah, Joel. Actually, Joel, Joel shirt... for those people new to the show, Joel was my mentor back in 1999 at Bright Trading. I came in May of 1999, just a young buck out of college there and you took me under your wing, yelled at me a few times. But uh, you still know, you straightened me out. I'm still, still yelling at you. Still yelling. Hey, I got He's my. Still, I never stopped yelling at me. I kept listening too. This is my '97, '98 Red Wing shirt here, folks. No, you're not wearing that tonight. Yes, I you can't am. wear a Red Wing shirt tonight. We're wearing Oilers jerseys tonight. We're supporting Look at that. Oilers. Connor Back McGregor. To... Hey, uh, real quick, can we talk about Fitbit here just briefly from yesterday? Oh, yeah. Fitbit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, takeover. Uh, a report of a takeover uh, offer from Google. I didn't see a price at all yesterday. Reuters, though. It came from Reuters, right? Um, yeah, Reuters. Yeah. That's big. Okay, no comments. No comments. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a pop yesterday uh, to 6 bucks, 609 So here's your scenario. If you bought it looking for Google to take it out at 10 bucks. You better hear from Google pretty soon. I'm just throwing a number out there. I haven't heard anything. But it, you know, on so many occasions, you hear these rumors, you get the pop. And if, you know, if there's smoke, there's fire, let's get it out there. But if the, something doesn't come out awful soon, I look for this to go back down. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, guys, any final thoughts, either of you, on anything as we wrap up the show today? Uh, balances quickly are pretty small. Our, our friend General Electric, we had some commentary coming. Just careful if you're trading GE because there was commentary coming from JP Morgan here today. No rating change or anything, but we know our analysts over at JP Morgan have some influence there on General Electric, and that stock is just trading slightly red. 190000 a sell, though, uh, but there was some negative commentary coming out of JP Morgan, so caution there. All right. Um, well, we got Fed tomorrow, right? We do. We do. Yeah, so I don't know. I just think this is going to be kind of like Calm a, before the storm. Yeah, a little bit of a jockeying back and forth. Um, really like this uh, the close from yesterday. 
30, 36 and a quarter. That's your all-time closing high. We also got mid-range in the session right there. So I think you're going to have some chop and slop around that area. But, you know, if you hold that early in the session, why not take out 42.75? And that's the only number I got on my sheet, folks, because we've never been up here before. Coming back on the downside, I would I would maybe try along near the pre-market low. Uh, but if it breaches that 29.50, boom, I'm out. And I would look for Monday's low. But just the ranges have been coming down. A little bit of quiet here, quiet before the storm tomorrow. Looking for a range-bound day. And uh, Triple D, I'm going to be meeting with you. You're going to be in the office at 1130. Are you going to promise me that? Uh, I don't promise anything. Okay. The only thing you can promise is death and taxes. Isn't that the saying? Yeah, well, yeah, bird, bird, yeah but uh, okay. I changed that a little bit. But All right, you got to be there by 1130 because we got a meeting at 1230. And we're going to get you a lunch in substitute of a steak dinner. All right. Uh, that'll, be, <laughs> that'll be your first show. I want to thank our guest, Jeff Hurst. Thanks to all of you in our chat rooms. Sending us an email with any questions, comments, concerns, or if you want to be on our uh, weekly Hot potato segment, pre-market at Benzinga.com. Catch our podcast as well. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. That's it. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.